Howdy, welcome to the show. Marco, thanks for coming, man. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, Mike. For everybody that doesn't know, this is the great Marco that I met at FinCon <laughs> years ago. He owns Whiteboard Finance, which is a, all, it really, I, I love your channel because I am not a numbers guy. Like Bobby, he gets all the finance stuff, but I can watch your most basic video and be like, just, it is so helpful. It's such a great job of like the education the dry humor, like it, it doesn't feel like you're in a class. So um, love your stuff. Everybody should go check it out. Like, how, how did you get into that? Thank you. Yeah, man. So uh, I've been investing for, it feels like forever, man. I'm, I'm 35 now. Um, we can talk about family. I know you're a big family guy. I got, you know, wife, yeah. you know, kid, another kid on the way in August, um, March at the time of this recording. So a few more months here. Yeah. Until my life is completely over. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I love kids. Man. Kids are the greatest wealth. Hey, dude, but, um, one one to two, yeah. one to two is is I mean, it's a change, but you did zero to one, so you'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like is it like exponentially <clears throat> harder or is it kind of just a gradually a little bit harder? Like it's a little bit harder. Um, I will say that one to two is harder than two to three. I found. <sighs> That's what everyone says. It's not. It's not harder than zero to one. Okay, good. So good. it's not. It's it. not as much. So you'll be fine. Awesome. Well, the reason I say that is because um, I've been investing since I was eighteen. I'm thirty-five now. Um, graduated with a finance degree back in two thousand ten, when the world was you know falling apart after the you know oh seven oh eight great financial crisis. Um, it's kind of funny because I originally went to school to be a personal financial advisor. I enjoy teaching. I enjoy helping people, especially if it's a subject that I'm a, you know, what I would like to think a subject matter expert in. And I've always just been following, you know, geopolitics, finance, um, what is money, you know, that whole thing. You know, we we earn money or we work our entire lives, you know, for this thing. And like, what is it? Right. <laughs> you know, so right. I enjoy studying it, understanding it, the history of it, you know, what it is in its form today in terms of you know, fiat currency versus what currencies used to be, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of years ago. And just basically, you know, how we trade and barter as humans with this, you know, now it's a piece of paper or a digital, you know, piece yeah. of paper, if you will. So, Numbers on the uh, screen. Yeah. So I, I, uh, I've always been a big fan of personal finance just because, you know, we spend so much of our lives earning this thing, you know, why not best uh, learn how to utilize it properly? So, um, you know, I, I came from the school of like traditional personal finance. It's almost like that um, order of operations, right? You get your first big boy, big girl job. Okay, I'm starting to make real money. I see that the government takes 33% of what I make. <laughs> I work I work three to four months out of the year just to, you know, pay Uncle Sam. Okay, how do I best utilize what I have left, right? So um, it's just teaching people, you know, how to best utilize their dollars and kind of build that little army that works for them until they knock on wood, retire one day. Right. So, but why, what made you make YouTube? I'm, I'm really curious about this. We've had oh, conversations. The, yeah, I love you, YouTube, Yeah. but like, you just go like, you know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put up a whiteboard. I'm going to put a suit on and I'm going to teach this. Like, yeah. So I wish I would have went into more of that. Uh, that's a good question. So basically um, after I graduated in December of 2010, um, I had multiple, you know, finance internships. I worked in the business, um, but in 2010, no one was hiring for anything, especially in finance. Mm -hmm. And I'm I'm in the greater Cleveland area. Um, you know, we're a pretty decently sized finance hub. We have a couple publicly traded banks here. Um, we're known for basically healthcare, Cleveland Clinic, and then also finance as well. Uh, but basically couldn't find a job, man. It was crazy. So I actually sold cars um, right out of college with a finance degree. But it was good because um, sales, in my opinion, is one of the greatest skills that you can learn. And you also 100%. learn a lot about people, psychology, um, how people think, their buying decisions, you know, emotions, things like that. Um, so I eventually went into commercial real estate, went into um, 
commercial lending on commercial properties. So instead of like a mortgage for a house, we do mortgages for big, you know, five, 10, 20, $30 million pieces of commercial real estate. So think like office buildings, apartments, sure. things like that. So it was essentially like investment banking, commercial mortgage backed securities, things like that. So this whole time, I never really scratched this itch of wanting to be that personal financial advisor. Um, and I bought this really nice camera. It was like a Canon. Um, I can't remember at the time, but it's about five, six years old now. And I'm like, dude, I got this really nice camera for Christmas. I thought I was going to go to, you know, this Cleveland park system, take pictures of, you know, nature and stuff like that. Yeah. And this thing just ended up collecting dust. Right. So I'm like, okay, um, you know, you just spent, you know, over a thousand dollars on this camera. And just collecting dust, you know, why not utilize it for something? And it just hit me like, oh, you know, why don't I teach, you know, what I love, which is personal finance, investing, macroeconomics, things like that, and teach it on a whiteboard, right? So um, I bought a whiteboard off Craigslist. It was like maybe 50 or 100 bucks, something like that. It's, it's a huge whiteboard. It's actually to my left right here in my studio. Um, still have it to this day. And I just use that to teach stuff. I either do videos in this kind of a format where it's on my computer or I teach on the whiteboard itself. So my brother-in-law and I, we were in his Subaru. Uh, the whiteboard wouldn't fit in his uh, trunk. So we're literally holding it on the roof in like, you know, 40 degree Cleveland weather, like freezing our hands off. Um, and yeah, the rest is history, man. Just started making videos. I'm listening to you, but it's like we were just talking about family. My daughter's trying to break in and she can't open the door. <laughs> That's okay. That's I know the feeling. Hey, come on in. So, okay, that that's... No, that's awesome. I was always curious. So I guess you can come in here. That's fine. So, I mean, I guess this is kind of like a good a segue. We can come back to that, but this is my daughter, Paige. So she's Hello. three and my, my wife is out doing her, her business right now. So, um, you know, I want to come back to the YouTube channel and I'm sure it ties into this, but, mm -hmm. um, one of the things we were talking about right before this is like the family stuff, right? Obviously here, my, my daughter is on camera. So I'm just making an impulse decision here. Cause I got to take care of her, but I'm I'm curious, like you, how have you, how you've juggled um, your family and privacy. You've got like a obviously a much bigger following than I do. On hey, I know you're counting, but you gotta be quiet while we're on here, okay? Um, <laughs> like you've got a much bigger following than I do, um, and you know you you're very private from what I can see. You post occasionally, um, and you, when you do, you know, like your child, you smiley face emoji on there so they don't yeah. see the face and everything. So I'm just like curious, like what, what what process around all that is. I'm honestly like this, her coming on when this is public, that is like very, very rare. Mm -hmm. Um I I would say for me, like my students know my kids and see my kids because my policy's always been like if this happens, I just roll with it. Do you remember, mm -hmm. remember that video of like the newscaster guy and the kid came in and like <laughs> yeah, and the or whatever was like drag. Yeah. So every thought that was like so funny and it went viral and stuff. I hated that video. Why like, is that? All that my gut instinct as a stay at home dad and her who was doing zoom calls. I was like, if that happened to me, I'm just going to bring my kid in. I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm just going to let him sit on my lap. You know? Yeah. He was so kind of weird about, I remember him being kind of weird about it. Like he wasn't even cracking a smile. Yeah. He was kind of like pissed, you know? Yeah, exactly. And so <laughs> that, always that was me. I would have been like, I would have grabbed her, you know, exactly. Yeah. Maybe it's because it was so, on the news, but yeah. I and get this it. is kind of like a perfect example of that. And so, you know, I'm not so um, worried about this that, okay, Hey, Paige made a 32nd appearance here on on a public YouTube channel, you know, I'm not overly worried about that, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to put her in an ad, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to putting my kids all over my website or anything like that. Um, but I, anyway, I'm, I say that just cause she was sitting in my lap, but I'm, I'm really curious, like your thought process about this. Cause it's something I think about all the time and I don't know the right move, but it's like, I want to, I want my kids to be, but I also want to protect them from like the horrible human beings that like online and feel like they can say awful things to you so yeah um anyway we'll no, just I, jump I, to that part of the conversation <laughs> no i get it dude i get it it's so my daughter is a little bit younger than yours she's uh, 19 months she's a year and a half old um basically i cover up her face with the emojis and stuff just because my following is like way too big and um i'm not mm -hmm. saying that with from like a egotistical nose in the air perspective i'm saying that from like there's so many people out there where it's like 
she doesn't even know what the world is yet. You know, why would I put her online? You know, that kind of a thing. So I don't think it's fair to her. Um, I mean, obviously my wife has like a, you know, private Instagram for family and friends and I get all that, but you know, once it's online, it's online, dude, it's going to be online forever, you know, (laughs) unless there's a heat, heat death of the universe, you know, everything that goes online is saved in one form or another for the most part. Um, So my, my point is, is that, She's too young to even know what social media is. So it wouldn't be fair to her to put her on there. If it's something like a private community or whatever, it's like, yeah, yep. I feel like these people are kind of like my friends and family. Of course, you know, I would have, I would grab her and have her on the camera. Um, in terms of like putting her on like a YouTube video, I only did it once when she was like a baby, baby, maybe like, you know, four or five months old. She was in the studio and I was, I, one of my sponsors is Policy Genius. They're an insurance aggregator or broker. And, um, you know, I was just doing a policy genius ad and I was holding her and she was like laughing, you know, so I did that, but she was literally like, <laughs> looks like any other baby, but now as she develops sure. and becomes more of like a human being, um, you know, toddler kind of a thing. I just, I don't know. There's, I don't want to say there's a lot of weirdos out there because I have, I have faith in humanity. I typically have like an abundance mentality, but you know, for every 99 normal people, there's always going to be some weirdo. Right. So yeah. it's just not fair to 100%. her. That's, that, that's just my opinion. No, that's great. Yeah. No, I, that's always, I was curious about, cause I, I, that's a lot of kind of how I feel about it. And I just always like, uh, to get people's thoughts on this. I had a conversation with, uh, somebody at a conference recently that is like otter is like in all of the stuff. And I just wanted to hear her cause I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know that I have the right answer or that I'm, I'm doing it the right way. Um, well, I, I, have just... a, I have a perfect example. Sorry to interrupt, Mike. Um, one of my friends, it's funny, uh, her and I, we grew up together. Um, we went to school here in a suburb of Cleveland and we went, I've known her since elementary school and she's a huge, uh, mommy vlogger. Like she has a huge, okay. like family YouTube channel and, mm-hmm. you know, husband, kids, you know, this is what I ate today. You know, I, I farted mm-hmm. at seven thirteen AM, you know what I mean? Like her whole life <laughs> right. is online. You know what I mean? And, um, my point is, is that, um, it's just too much. And I would mm-hmm. not, you know, want my kids. I don't want to use them as like, I don't want to say props. That's the wrong word. Um, but there's a lot of people uh, out I there. The feeling. Yeah. It's like, even in the finance space, there's people that have, you know, multiple YouTube channels, multiple videos a week, multiple, everything. These people have no lives. I promise you. Cause I, I put out one video a week and I feel like I don't have time for anything, let alone multiple right. channels, multiple videos, all that stuff. And then they use their kids like, Oh, you know, I'm a good dad. I'm with my family. You know, it's like really right. dude, you're working a hundred hours a week. Right. So my, my point is, is that I would never use my kids as like a prop or like a virtue signal or anything like that. But, um, especially, if you create a channel that's focused around that, I mean, I guess that's your channel. I get that. You know, I share my, I share my stock portfolio that's private, but I do it because I'm in the space. Right. Um, But kids is just like a different level in my opinion. Yeah, man, it's tough. And, and I, you know, I, I tried, I want to get my kids involved, right. My older son, Cooper, he's starting to help sometimes with like camera equipment and things like he's interested and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, uh, necessarily like, I'm not going to push any of my kids into entrepreneurship or anything, but I want to kind of, I live in the country. They can't set up a lemonade <laughs> by the pool, public pool, yeah. you know, living in the Houston suburbs. So, um, you know, I try to like do, do that, but at the same time, you tell me vloggers, I had heard a story about a mommy that had been sharing everything. And when her, her older, her daughter sued for emancipation because the mom refused to stop doing it and was sharing a single thing about her. And she's like, I just want no part of this. And so I'm like that to me, that is like the nightmare. And I would never get that way because, you know, it's one of those things, like if something turns you off that much, you're not going to become that. Yeah, of course it is. It's something, it's something that I I think about a lot. So um, really, really interested uh, to hear your your thoughts on that. And um, you know, it's interesting too. Like when I, I talk about them a lot because it's so much part of my story. It's like you talked about like your personal finance story. For me, it was, I, until two years ago, have been a stay-at-home dad as an entrepreneur, you know? So mm-hmm. I spent seven plus years of like being home with the kids every day, trying to build the business. So, you know, I try to talk about them and and when I do stories, emails, podcasts, whatever, because I want, I know there are other people, you know, there's a stay at home mom out there, stay at home dad or whatever that Mm -hmm. are probably like, Oh, I don't have time. I can't do this. And like, you can, you know, like your kids don't have to be an excuse, but, um, anyway, 
thank you for sharing that because I've always no, of course. I've always been curious about that. Um, yeah, it's a fine anyway, balance, man. man. If it was like the whole focus of your channel that's different, like you know, the kid that reviews toys and stuff like that, I get mm -hmm. that. But like, you know, I just it's good that you want to expose them to entrepreneurship because you mentioned you are, you know, in a in the in the country or whatever. But um, I think that's good. But the second you start forcing someone to do something, like, you know, you gotta you gotta practice golf five days a week and be the next Tiger Woods, you know, it's like they're gonna resent you for it. So unless they exactly. genuinely love it, like, but um yeah, I think it's good to introduce things to kids, but, you know, never force them. You know, like my dad, he signed me up for karate. I hated it. You know, I quit after two weeks, sure. but I still play soccer to this day at 35. You know, I've been playing for literally, you know, 30 years now. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. So it just depends on what you like, you know? Yeah, 100%. So, man, I, uh, you know, I figured we would get to that conversation a little bit later. Um, but you know, with her coming in, it kind of, kind of jumped us, but I, I would like to get back to the YouTube channel. I mean, you, you've obviously, you've kept doing that and it's turned into a big thing. How many, how many subscribers these days on your channel? It's like um, almost a million. Last right? time I checked. Yeah. It's like 940, 950, something like that. 950,000. Crazy. Crazy. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a vanity metric, dude. I mean, well, uh, you sure. see, especially now with shorts, um, you know, I'm just being honest, you know, I, I, yeah. I don't have like a big ego. I don't even like being in, uh, an influencer or YouTuber. I, I couldn't care less about this stuff. My, um, my point is, is that if you just keep grinding and you have a video pop off, especially with shorts now, like I, I've never made mm -hmm. a short, I've never released a short, um, but you can get to, you know, you can get your subscriber count up really quickly. However, for your audience, the takeaway is not all views are equal. Um, what sure. I mean is I know channels that have, you know, uh, five figure subscribers and their content is incredible. It's way better than channels with seven, you know, mm -hmm. seven figure subscribers, million plus subscribers. So not all views are equal. There's also like sensationalist views. There's entertainment views. Um, if you're an educator providing a ton of content, I think people will, your, your views are more sticky and you're their view is worth more, if that makes sense. Right. Well, the, yeah, 100%. And, and I, I know of a, I actually know of a YouTuber that um, probably has four or 500,000 subscribers, but changed their style in the last two years. Now they're, when they post a video, they're maybe getting, I would say between like two and 10,000 views, which is kind of lower for that. Sound, but they just went so exactly what their ideal client needs mm -hmm. and making probably 10 to 50 year in course sales because they're just it's yeah the views aren't there anymore and people are like oh why aren't you doing this kind of content it's like well that kind of content wasn't what my, my clients needed right yeah. and so it wasn't it was i was attracting subscribers but not necessarily the right people so i think that's that's really um for you, man, like you obviously family's important and stuff. And I know you said like you still play soccer, you've got hobbies and 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 things. Mm -hmm. Like, so how do you as you're building your business? Like you YouTube obviously gives you some leverage because you're creating these assets, but how how have you gone about that of like having that? I don't want to say work-life balance because I, I I personally don't really feel like that's possible. You just you ever it's not maybe balance, it's whatever is portion for you and your family, but like how do you do that? How do you focus on growing something and still have the time, you know, for your wife, for your daughter, for all the things that you want to do? Like, yeah, for like sure. For yeah. For me, my, um, I'm like a lifestyle business guy, hundred percent. I don't need to be mm -hmm. king of the hill. I don't need the Ferrari. You know, I don't need any of that stuff for me. Um, my most important things are, you know, time, mm -hmm. time and health. You can't buy time or health. It doesn't matter how right. much money you have. So, um, you know, could I make a lot more money? Could I make a lot more videos? Could I make a lot more content? Could I, you know, do a bunch more stuff? Absolutely. But then I'd have to sacrifice in other areas of my life. So um, what I'm trying to say is I think you need to figure out, not you, but the audience, you need to figure out, you know, what your precedent is and like what stage of life you're in. Um, obviously, if you're in your 20s, you know, maybe, you know, early 30s or so, you can grind way more than in your 50s, you know, or 40s when you have a family and, you know, kids and all that stuff. Um, and if you don't have a family or kids, I mean, you're still your energy levels at older ages, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s is, is going to naturally just be less than in your 20s and 30s. Right. So. I think um, <laughs> having having your health in order, uh, that way you have the stamina to be able to work on what you want to work on. Um, and then also, 
you know, making that precedent, like, hey, how do I want to live my lifestyle? So uh, for me, time and health is most important. So I want to be able to, you know, change my schedule up on, on a dime, right? Like you asked me to do this interview. I said, I moved around like one thing. It's like, okay, I can do it. Right. But when you yeah. get so, you know, sucked into, you know, multiple channels, multiple businesses, multiple this and that, you know, you start to kind of lose, you know, time for yourself and for the things that matter to you. So um, again, it's all about prioritization, but the, the, the strategy behind that is, is figure out how to be consistent, whether whatever you're doing, whether you're starting Amazon FBA or a social media marketing agency or whatever, figure out what your threshold is to be consistent, to be able to do it repeatedly over a long period of time. Um, so once you figure out how to be consistent, figure out what that is. For me, that's one video a week. If I tried to do mm -hmm. three, I'd probably burn out and sacrifice other areas that I care about. Um, so I guess for the audience listening to this is figure out your max capacity where you can be consistent and still have time for other things, I guess. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, then go get another one. You can have more than one toy in here. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, man, I, I heard something recently that I really liked and it was basically like finding that what you can do consistently. And instead of saying like, I'm going to do this much arrange for yourself, we're like, mm -hmm. okay, you know, like if you want to do two a week, like it's, and maybe this is advice for growing on YouTube, I don't know, but it was like, do one. And then if you can stretch and do that second, do it, but like for give sure. yourself where it's like, I'm going to do one to two instead of I'm going to do two. Cause then you're, you're just building wins instead of stacking else, which makes it easier <laughs> to be. But no, I, I love that man. And, and something to point out, like for those listening, like we know that you are living what you just said, which a lot of people aren't because I texted you like, two days ago. And most of the time, like, I know that if I had went through a list of like 10 people and messaged them, I bet you probably eight out of the 10 would have said, Oh, I'm too busy. Or I don't have time. Like I can't do it. Right. Cause that is like, that is the culture that we live in as entrepreneurs. I know I'm, I'm guilty of that too. So to me, that was almost like I was sending out that text and I was like, I hope he says it, but I'm not expecting <laughs> it. And when you came back that quick and were like, yeah, let's do it. I was like, that's, that's awesome. Well, there's um, also, really pre cool. there's also precedent there because uh, you've also given me a lot of your time, you know, for no reason, not for no reason, but no, no, no compensation, no consulting fee, nothing like for people that don't know, sure. like I've known you for, you know, three, four years now. And whenever yeah. I need, you know, some help with something, you're always, you know, right there. So you know, it's just reciprocation. It's human nature. Like if you're sure. someone that asked, asked me to do 27 podcasts, you know, the day before I'd on the 28th time, I'd probably say, you know, I'm like, no, I'm busy. Right. But sure. you've always, yeah. you've always gone out of your way and helped me. So I think that's important. It's kind of like that, um, you know, give, 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 then ask for, you know, a favor if you need it kind of a thing. Yeah. 100%. And I think, you know, with that, like, I don't do that strategically, but I will say for our listeners, that one of the best things that you can do when you're starting out a business <clears throat> conversations with as many people as you can and try to help everyone that you meet with whatever it is that you can help with with no expectation of anything in return that's right because if you meet somebody we met at a bar in a conference right <laughs> like uh you know so if you meet a bar you meet somebody in a, in a group or a mastermind or just like in a facebook group like if you just help as many people as possible, not every single one of those people is going to become a client. Not every one of those people is going to going to pay you, but they might help you in other ways, like hopping on a podcast. Really just the, the more you talk, you're refining your message, you're refining your skill, you're having impact, which every coach, that's what they're saying. I, I want to have impact, right? So like you're impacting all these people and it just comes back around. And so mm -hmm. if you can just make that your personality, when you go into it, like I didn't do that intentionally. That's just, I think kind of how I'm wired. Um, and I enjoy what I do just like you. Right. And so if you just do that and you just talk to people, like good things are going to happen. You just never know when that's going to be or, or how it's going to be. Dude, my entire business is built on giving out free content. <laughs> like yeah, I've never exactly. charged for anything. And it's funny because I've been doing this for five and a half years and I just give, 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 give you know, the channel grows organically. I've never paid a penny for um, mm -hmm. advertising or anything just because 
if you give out valuable content, of course, people are going to be attracted to that, right? So I think it's important to know when to ask for the business. Like, you know, as a salesperson, you give information, you ask good questions, you, you know, you prospect, you qualify, you do all the entire sales process. You have the right to ask for the business. So in my, in my business, that would be, Hey, I started this course or, Hey, I have this membership group. Hey, I've given you all this free information for all these years. Now, you know, I can, I have the right to ask you to join my paid community sure. or my course or, you know, whatever. So, um, but you can't expect stuff right in the beginning. It's like, you know, you would never go up to, you know, um, someone you're attracted to at the bar and say, Hey, I'm Mike. Uh, you want to go back to my hotel room? You know, right? it doesn't, right. it doesn't work like that. You have to build rapport. You have to, you know, nurture a relationship. Um, you know, and that's how life is. You have to put in the work ahead of time and then you'll, re then you'll receive the benefits. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you mentioned that, like, um, that's what you do. You produce all this content, you give all this free value into the world. I got like the ghost of the Yonda household walking around <laughs> back here. I don't need those ones, but I appreciate it. You're basically doing that at scale, right? You know, I would say I've more been like just talking to individuals and building these individual relationships, but you're doing that at scale. Um, and I don't know that I'd looked at it that way, but it is such a great way to, that makes me more excited about creating content now, like thinking about it like that. Um, but so I guess with that, like, how do you, let's talk about that a little bit. Like you've been doing this consistently for years now, like what, are, how do you go, how do you figure out like what you're going to talk about and what you're going to do? Like, I, it must feel very natural now, I would think. But I yeah, know my, from my own creator journey and from talking to other people, like that's, it's hard at first, right? Because you know a lot <laughs> about a lot and getting it focused is so, it can be difficult at times. Well, I just, I, I think of everything as like a, think of like a content <clears throat> pyramid, like a food pyramid. Okay. So I'm not saying the food pyramid is correct. I'm just saying everyone knows what the food <laughs> pyramid is, you know, so you have carbs at the sure. bottom, you know, protein in the middle, and then you have, you know, eat sparingly at the top. Um, you know, fats, oils, sweets, whatever. But my point is, is that my content is just a pyramid. So all the evergreen stuff is on the bottom, you know, how to tie your shoes, how to tie a tie, you know, stuff that's going to be searched for now until, you know, the next hundred years, right? So basic principles of whatever niche you're in. Uh, so for mm -hmm. personal finance, it could be how to budget money, you know, um, how to balance a checkbook. I know people don't do that now, but I'm just giving you examples. Sure. But in the middle, uh, I shoot for stuff that's like, you know, buzzworthy or trending. Oh, you know, uh, Tesla buys a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin. Um, you know, something that's trending in the Silicon Valley bank collapses, you know, something like, something like that. And then on top, which is the fats, oils, and sweets, you know, eat sparingly. These are the videos that I put out very infrequently, but it's something that would, you know, challenge a paradigm, something that's very controversial, um, but you have a unique take on it. So for example, how car dealerships rip you off. Oh, wait. I, you know, I'm a consumer. I've been to a car dealership. I feel like they're ripping me off, right? That video has sure. 8 million views, literally. The car, um, the car stealership yeah, one. Yeah, car right? stealership one, yeah. So, yeah. You, um, you know, why Dave Ramsey's wrong about credit cards, you know? Um, so if you challenge a paradigm or something that's in your industry that's, you know, set in stone or something that a lot of people think about, the analogy that I give is, you know, why are good comedians good? Because a lot of people relate to their jokes. So when, you know, Dave sure. Chappelle or Chris Rock or, you know, whoever, Bill Burr tells a joke, you know, 99% of the audience laughs because they can relate to that joke. So if you find videos that people can relate to, hey, I feel like I'm getting ripped off at a car dealership. How does that work, right? Well, that resonates with a lot of people. It's a good joke, right? It's a good video topic. Um, so that's kind of what I think. And then also Evergreen is kind of how I built my channel um, just because I would, you know, seven out of 10 videos, I'm doing Evergreen stuff. You know, how to sure. analyze a stock, how to, you know, tie your tie, how to tie your shoes, stuff that's going to be searched for no matter what year it is, no matter what month it is. It's evergreen content. It's always going to be relevant. Are you a lot of, you know, keyword research and stuff for your evergreen content? I'm more saying like, I know these are my core subjects. And so you're just talking on those. No, in the beginning, I had a whole spreadsheet of ideas. Like when I mm -hmm. first started my channel, I do like hrefs, I do keywords everywhere. I do, you know, uh, TubeBuddy. I mean, they're, like I'm playing chess, not checkers, right? I mean, you have an idea of what's important mm -hmm. to your niche or your, you know, your subject matter. But if you don't know how to 
title things properly, you know, write descriptions properly, all that, you know, metadata that the spiders crawl, that the algorithm crawls on your videos, you know, good sure. thumbnails, things like that. It's kind of like baking a cake. Like, you know, there's a lot of ingredients, but the end product is going to be a good cake because you did all the right things in order. Um, so for me, keyword research was huge in the beginning. Um, not so much now as you get bigger, um, just because you kind of know you have a gut feeling of what to talk sure. about. Um, but yeah, keyword research is big. Um, you know, like I said, hrefs, I'm, I don't know if your audience knows about that. It's ahrefs.com. Yep. yep. Fantastic um, tool. Yeah. Keywords everywhere. There, there's a bunch now. Um, but yeah, yeah, I would get a feel. And, and also if you want to do kind of like the, you know, lick your finger, put in the air kind of a thing. Um, I would look at what other channels who you want to be when you grow up, you know, the bigger mm -hmm. channels, the more successful people see what they're talking about, but put your own twist to it. You know, you don't, I'm not saying copy people verbatim, which is stupid. That's sure. plagiarism. I'm talking about just see what other people are talking about, put your own take on it. Yeah. Look at an idea that was successful for them. Don't watch the video. Just go oh. like, okay, what is my of this hook? What are my three yeah. things. Do you know how many, you know how many yeah. people copy each other's videos, like car dealership, you know, all that stuff. That's all <clears throat> people just look at each other's videos and they just recreate them. Um, sure. some, some more blatantly than others, but it, it happens every day. Oh yeah. Big, big time. It's even, even more so on TikTok. Like, uh, Oh than, yeah. Than they YouTube. copy, it's yeah. Like they copy viral TikToks for sure. Do you think TikTok's yeah. going to get banned? Oh man. It's so funny. We've had, uh, Bobby and I have talked about this a lot on here and, um, I don't know if it'll get banned or not, but I think what's interesting is I think we had a conversation. I said, Hey, when they first started talking about the ban for government employees, um, I was just like, okay, they're talking about it. You know, it'll be interesting to see what's happening in the news cycle when that drops. And yeah. I don't, I can't remember at this point, but it was like something happened. And then like the next day they mentioned that. And it just, I, so to me, it's like, I don't, I don't really know if it'll happen. I feel like these kind of conversations are less about the the security and more about like distraction in the news cycle. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe that's I maybe well, I'm dude, just cynical from law school, but yeah, I think um <laughs> well, I don't even know if I want to go down this road, but I think a lot of uh news now is just basically corporate propaganda and it's it's the shell it's the shell game. This is really going mm -hmm. on in the world. Hey, take a look at this. There's aliens in the sky while, yeah. you know, this train is derailing in East Palestine, Ohio, you know, yeah, man. one of the worst, you know, that's, that one's really hits home for you, doesn't it? Bro, that's, mean, eight, that's that's 80 miles for me, man. That's almost in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I'm 80 miles uh, Northwest in Cleveland. And um, yeah. it's just crazy, man. It's like this, I, like, I'm not going to go down, you know, politics or anything on this show, but um, I just think a lot of people, they need to focus more on like independent like journalism, independent news sources. And that way you can actually yeah. figure out what's really going on. Um, and I'm passionate about that just because I think investing has a lot to do with figuring out, Hey, what's really happening in the world. Um, mm -hmm. you know, you have like China brokering, you know, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, peace deals, and, you know, trading, uh, oil in yuan, not dollars with, you know, Russia and the rest of the world. And it's like, we're yeah. talking about, you know, like aliens, dude, and spy balloons. Yeah. It's like, it's like the big picture is going on over here, dude. So, yeah, I, it's tough. I, you know, when I came out, uh, when I first started my legal career, I really pulled back from the news a lot, like didn't watch the news, sure. didn't even, I'm starting to now more through independent journalists and like through actual physical newspapers, um, which still, it, it's not, you know, it's not that it's perfect, but there's a little more meat there. Right. And, um, but I, I basically, I turned away from it and, and part, part of it was kind of like me seeing law school where I went in with this belief that it was like, this is the law and you follow it strictly, like and strictly interpret it. And then I immediately saw how partisan it was. And even in between the debates of my classmates where I was like, this is not, this is not what I thought, you know? Yeah. Um, but then I, I, I really got to a point where I was just like, nobody can nobody can really affect my future, but me hundred like, percent, you know? And so I just kind of took the approach of like, I'm going to focus on me. I'm going to focus on my family. I'm going to get my house in order and make it so that like, I don't feel the impact. And so that's been, that's been my big driver, right. With the business and, and the money and stuff. One, I, I really love what I do, but it's like, you know, I've achieved deals I want to achieve. And the only reason that I'm like, I want to grow it's because I want to, I want to like, I want to give my kids a head start. 
I want to be insulated from whatever could happen, you know? Do you, do you like, remember, I, sorry to interrupt, Mike, do you remember Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, Jim yeah. Rohn? Yeah. yeah. He he was like unbelievable speaker. And basically he's, his whole premise was just talking about what you just explained in a nutshell. It's just, you know, only you can dictate your future. You know, you can't, you know, if we complain about, you know, the tax rate or what's going on overseas or this and that, it, that doesn't matter. You know, it matters, but, you know, at the end of the day, you can only control, you know, your family, yourself, your work ethic, things that are within your control. I think, um, you know, it's good to be aware of what's going on in the world, but at the same time, as an entrepreneur, only you can kind of dictate your future. And if you get caught up in that, you know, corporate, you know, news cycle, propaganda, all that stuff, that's all you're going to talk about. And we see a lot of division in this country today, mm -hmm. um, you know, just with a million different topics. I'm not even going to name them, but it's just a lot of division when at the end of the day, I think, you know, three quarters of the population pretty much agrees on the same stuff, especially if you have, you know, family, especially if you have kids, they just want a good place, you know, a good world for their kids to grow up in. Um, and I feel like the, the two, two sides of like 15%, you know, whether you're left or right yeah, or whatever, 100%. um, they're just very vocal. And I think most people in the middle are, you know, somewhere of the same opinion of, on most things. And if um, you have that opinion yeah. of where you, you're like, look, we mostly agree on this stuff. Like you don't, you want to bring people together. You don't want to rock the boat. More. Of course. So, of course. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think most stuff is, should be in your control, um, at least in a free market, you know, capitalistic society. That's how it should be. Um, my parents are immigrants. They came here in the seventies. My grandparents are immigrants. They all came, you know, at the same time. Um, I was first generation born in the States. Um, I didn't have any silver spoon or anything, dude. I was born in Cleveland proper, you know, in the hood. Yeah. And then we moved to, you know, suburbs when I was a kid and uh for better schools and things like that and if you know my parents can figure it out in one generation anybody listening to this you know show can easily you know it just depends on you know if you have your house in order so you can only control what you can control if that makes sense yeah man i 100 agree and and that it's not that we don't have situations and things that happen to us everybody I'm not going to try and say that like I have it harder, you have it harder, anything like that. I know mm -hmm. there are people out there that have it way harder than I do. For sure. But what I've come to realize over the years is that the vast majority of my problems can be solved by me acting differently, you know, and, mm -hmm. and just kind of owning that, right? Like if you don't have enough time, then do a time audit of yourself and how you're spending time. Oh, 100%. And you'll see you know, that it, it, a lot of waste there and you might feel like you don't have time. And, and I get this a lot um, funny because we we've talked about the kids and stuff today. One of my biggest pet peeves is, is parents complaining about not having time drives me up the wall. Um, if I have, I'm, I'm a little more vocal with like clients and students and stuff, but if, yeah. you know, somebody's like, Oh, I got this, I got, I can't do it. Like, man, I'm, my wife is here. She's been here for the past two days, but this whole month I'm solo parenting. And like, I'm still doing all of the that I need to do, you know, and mm -hmm. I was a stay-at-home parent. So when people tell me they're too busy, I'm like, you're not too busy. You're just not, you haven't figured it out yet. Mm -hmm. Like you can do it. I know you can do it. And you have, there's things you have to figure, you have to figure out how to take advantage of small chunks of time, right? Like check, napping. Check or the, yeah, yes. Yeah. Sorry. So look, I just pulled out my book bag. This is right next <laughs> to me. Mm -hmm. This is not a prop. Um, this thing right here, I don't know what it is. I don't know who makes it. I got it on mm -hmm. Amazon. I don't know if the light can hit it. I don't even know what yeah. it's called, but this okay. little wheel right here. Uh, I don't know if you guys can see this. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So it's basically yeah, just, it's, it's trying to focus on my face, but basically it's a little wheel. And every time you do something for the day, you just check it off. I did it or I didn't do it. So that could be anything. Could be meditating, could be napping, could be walking, could be whatever. And then all of this. Um, sorry, I know this is kind of like impromptu. All of these are just to-do lists yep. and you just prioritize. Yep. This is every day for the past, I don't know, 60, 70 days. Um, but if you write things down, it's going to get done. What gets measured gets managed. So I think so many 100%. people, like, have you ever, um, this sounds kind of weird. Um, have you ever tracked calories for like a week or a well, day or something? Yeah. I mean, dude, that was my first online business was was an online fitness coach. That's how I got oh, okay. into Facebook advertising. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's running right. ads that's for right. myself. Yes, so yeah, I, I did that. I did that. And I'm I'm doing it now because I have 
in the 10 years since I my online coaching business to now, I am back to where I was my heaviest weight ever. Like I'm back to that same out of shape. And so I'm like starting that journey again. So yeah, I'm literally like weighing and counting, but it makes you aware and it yeah, makes you. Yeah. With yeah. the time audit, with the time audit, like, so I, I track, I never really needed to track calories. I, I played soccer my whole life. I feel like I was born 165 pounds. Okay. Like I've been 165, <laughs> like my whole life. Um, my point is it's like, um, I track calories for like a week or two just to get a baseline mm -hmm. of like what I'm taking in, not for like aesthetics or, you know, fitness or anything, just purely out of curiosity. And when you track every single thing you eat, you would be blown away at how many people just blow past their 2000, you know, calorie limit or whatever their limit is for the day based on their activity level. Like, oh, all it takes is, you know, one little piece of this, one little this, one little that. Next thing you know, you're, you've overshot your calories by seven, 800 for the day, right? You know, 30%, 100%. for example. Um, and my point is, is that with the time audit, like people, I guarantee you, they, they spend more time, you know, eating the extra piece of whatever, you know, the extra calories that you're not accounting for and thinking that they don't have enough time when really, you know, they've spent, you know, 30% of their day on stuff that doesn't even matter. Right. It's a waste of time. 100%. So I guess my point of this whole ramble of showing you this thing, um, I guess to that point, I would just make a to-do list and whatever that is, I would put A, B, C, D next to the task. And you mm -hmm. need to knock out all your A's in the morning, knock out all the B's by, you know, yep. by, you know, uh, late morning or lunch, knock out all the C's and D's in the afternoon and you're done. And you have yeah. so much time left at the end of the day. I promise you. The, the way I do ABC's is we, I, I always like, I brain dump the week. Right. And then I prioritize, I labor the, the A's like absolutely needs done. B's mm -hmm. are beneficial and C's are can wait. I spread my A's out across my five days. If I have time left, I spread the B's out and like all the C's, like I'm only pulling from that list if those other things are taken care of. Um, and so I, I don't know if your ABC has meaning beyond just prioritizing, but that's, that's kind of how I've always looked at it. And it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah. Some people have like matrix matrices or <clears throat> matrixes, whatever the plural yeah, matrix like the is. The Eisenhower matrix. The Eisenhower. Yeah. Exactly. So it's like, you know, urgent, you know, and that kind of a thing. Um, I used to do that, but for me, it's just easier. A, B, C, D. Okay. This is top priority. Get it done. B's next. Yep. C's done. And you're done for the day. That could be, that could be noon. That could be 6 PM. Could be midnight. Um, but the second you knock those things out, you feel more productive. Um, my mm -hmm. biggest pet peeve is like, I, I don't feel right, uh, treating myself to something if I didn't put the work in that day. So like, for mm -hmm. example, if I was, you know, a lazy idiot all day, um, you know, I'm not going to go get a prime rib, you know, steak dinner. Right. But mm -hmm. if I, if I killed myself from 8am till 8pm or, you know, eight, uh, or just knocked out all my tasks, I feel like I've earned or deserve that reward, whatever that may be, you know? Yeah, no, that's great. There's a guy, um, that's in the, the bourbon community and he always, he, his thing is it's called earn your booze. And it's so funny because like <laughs> his thing is like, like I have to go get my workout in and like he does, he's like hundred percent. And so he goes and it's like, he'll, he'll post and you know, it, like for accountability, he'll post on his Instagram or whatever. And it's like, all right, got my workout in today. It was a great one. So I got the nice stuff, you know, That's or right. like, I didn't work out today. So I'm drinking water out of my like it's just <laughs> it's just funny but yeah it's that same it's that same kind of concept i love that man and it's so easy to do just get a spreadsheet and then whatever time that you start your day you wake up like if your alarm goes off at 7 a.m 6 a.m whatever like each cell is half an hour mm -hmm. and do that and from do it from six to ten and just I use uh, oh sorry go ahead yeah, go, go ahead. ahead my bad my bad sorry no, i was just saying delay. i didn't mean if to talk you just over you. if you just spend a week just out you work and then do in the last half hour and you do that, you will start, you'll look at it. Your behavior will change during, because what will happen is you, there will be things that you don't want to write down that you just went to the bathroom for the 15th time. So you could play angry birds. That's right. right. right? That's right. Yeah. So your behavior immediately start to change just from tracking. Well, that and uh, I use that Pomodoro technique. So <laughs> sure. I literally have a baking timer on my desk uh, upstairs. 
Um, I've got a and I, right here. <laughs> yeah. And I set it for 25 minutes, you know, work, 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 work. The thing goes off, take a five minute break. I either stretch or do some squats or, you know, push ups or just whatever, just chill for five minutes, then 25 minutes, work, work, work. And that's how you stay focused. And I also just recently, literally just yesterday, downloaded this app where it limits your time on certain apps. So like, say, for example, like Twitter or Instagram or, you know, Reddit or whatever, you know, and it, and it only allows you to access those apps three times a day. So you have to consciously make a decision like, do I want to use, you know, 33.3% of my usages today, right now? And it oh, kind of, wow. yeah, it kind of so forces it's not time. You. Number of times you use it's it. It's number That's of times two. and time. So like you okay. can do it three times a day. It'll ask you how long do you want to be on the app. It's like one, two, five, ten minutes. You know you can choose, and then it locks yeah. you out after that. And then you can only access it two more times um, for the rest of the day. So I like it because you know now we're so used to just you know grabbing our phone and mm -hmm. you know uh, scrolling for no reason. It's almost become like uh, programmed in us, right? Um, yeah. So yeah, I think. For me, technology is a double-edged sword. It can be used to make you really productive. It can be used to make you really unproductive. And you just really have to flip that switch mentally on how you want to use it. Yeah, man. No, 100%. And that's the that's the challenge. Like, there's so much. I mean, obviously, we've made a life for ourselves stuff. But mm -hmm. it is. It's so easy to get into consumer mode. And yeah, for sure. I've, I've found that even just like, I don't, I'm not a big uh, Instagram user or anything. I used to not have it on my phone and I got it and, and it's on it. I download on my phone and I'm like, man, I find myself using it. I never used to. Right. But I find myself just pulling it up and just seeing like who has new stories. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Like, why am I doing, why am I doing this? I just need to delete it again. Dude, it's like a it's like a slot machine or it's gamified. It's 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 tapping mm -hmm. into that little endorphin lizard brain, you know, that we yep. can't control, you know, like cavemen, you know, it just and it taps right into it. So you have to just, you know, take a breath, consciously figure out what needs to be done either for the day or, you know, that section of the day, whether it's morning, afternoon, night. Um, I built I built this whole business at night, dude. I have I mean, I've worked, you know, full time job my whole life uh, since, you know, I don't know. I've been a bus boy. I've been a server. I've been a valet driver. I've been a bartender. I've been everything. Um, but you know, from 21, yeah, you know, I've always had a full-time job. And then that, that switch, you know, and your brain goes, Hey, this is great, but I really want to get X, Y, and Z out of life that can be achieved through entrepreneurship or a side hustle or whatever. Um, and I know that's yeah. obviously what you guys teach, but for me, you know, once that side income starts coming in through entrepreneurship and you are burning, you know, the midnight oil to get a video out, even though you just worked all day at a W2 and it's the last thing you want to do. Um, I think that separates like 95% of the population, you know, that 5% that really wants to, you know, put their nose to the grindstone. It's kind of like Kobe Bryant or whoever, right. You know, spend an right. extra few hours at the gym, you know, and you just become the man. Right. And it's not about like, being the man or, you know, getting the Ferrari or the G-Wagon or the jet or any of that materialistic stuff. Again, for me, my thesis is it just boils down to time and health. And if you have the time, yeah. you have time to work out or sauna or spend time with your family or whatever. Um, and it's just a more balanced life, in my opinion. But you also have to know when to sprint. You know, if you're in your 20s, you should sprint. Mm -hmm. If you're in your 30s, you should jog. If you're in your 40s, you know, if you've set yourself up, you know, you can really start to you know, walk, you know, at that point, Sure. if you, if you want to, I don't know, some people, yeah. you know, they work till they, they're 80, you know, uh, or till they die, which is fine. But for me, it's more of like travel is important to me. My time's important to me. Um, again, I'm more of a lifestyle business kind of a guy. So I'm like the anti hustle yep. <laughs> kind of a guy, but, um, I think you should work smarter, not harder. That's my opinion. Well, you still, yeah, you still hustled to get there. Like you just, you just pointed out, but I'm hundred percent, hundred percent with you. Yeah. Um, I loved your, <clears throat> you did a post about like setting your goals for the year and like your travel goals and how you yeah. broken down like a place you'd never been going to Europe. Like absolutely love that. I'm, I'm big on the travel stuff too. My, my for sure. And I, I think okay travel gives you Travel gives you so much more perspective that you can never learn. It's like uh, mm -hmm. it's like the professor that's only taught marketing versus the practitioner that does marketing daily. Um, you know, the 100%. professor can only know so much from the book, but until you actually travel, do the thing, you know, have the actual practitioner, you know, subject matter experience, like you can't learn that from a book, right? So I think traveling, 
Um, I think the more people travel, the more they realize they don't know shit. <laughs> they don't know anything. Um, yeah. And that's why I feel like the person that's never left their hometown always is the most opinionated when in reality, they're the least informed, in my opinion. You know, um, just because it's related to this topic, I think the biggest takeaway I've had from traveling in Europe is that it's okay to slow down and do less. Dude, my family's from the Balkans, bro. The Balkans yeah. is like, uh, it's the equivalent to maybe the South of America where it's kind of like, okay, you know, instead of working so hard, you know, let's go drink this espresso, smoke this cigarette, and maybe I'll think about going back to work later this afternoon. Yeah. You know? It's just, it's a med- it's a Mediterranean Adriatic lifestyle, dude. It's, it's super chill. I mean, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword though, right? It's like, you got to know when to work. You got to know when to chill. So. Yep. 100%. Well, man, I want to put a bow on this. I had, I had two things. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to lay out both these questions and see which one like better, because I was curious, like your advice for new business people on two fronts is okay. I'm going to get started. I'm trying to put out this content. Like what's your best takeaway for just being successful for that? The other side is more on the personal finance thing, like for the side hustlers and the entrepreneurs here that are starting to make this extra money, like what your advice would be on the finance side of like the best thing that they could do. So either one of those, whichever calls to you. Okay. So that's a great question. Um, I'm going to kind of marry the two. So I think in order to be successful in entrepreneurship, you have to be consistent. Um, So just think of it like a workout plan or a diet. I know people hate diets. So let's just think of it like a workout plan. Um, You know, every Monday, you're going to outline a video. Every Wednesday, you're going to record. Every Friday, you're going to edit it. And you'll have a video ready every Monday, for example, right? Just think like systematize it. Um, Mm -hmm. You don't literally have to do that. You can knock it out in a day, depending on your content type. But my point is, is be consistent because the algorithm... Uh, whether it's the algorithm on YouTube or the algorithm of life, uh, it rewards consistency. So whether that's working out, whether that's starting a business, whether that's being in sales, um, consistency, you know, wins. Um, And then secondly, in terms of like the financial standpoint, um, I went full time. So I started my channel in uh, November of 17, 2017. I went full time April of 2019. uh, And I quit my W2 job. Um, So it's one of those like success stories, I guess. But basically, um, The reason I made that decision to go on YouTube full time as opposed to juggling both the W-2 and YouTube uh, is because my wife and I had no debt. Um, We were renting at the time. Uh, We're renting, um, you know, a smaller house just because we're both Mm -hmm. just together, no kids, no family. You know, our financial nut, our monthly nut was very low. Our obligations were very low. Um, So when YouTube started to um, basically match and exceed my W-2 income, you know, we really took a hard look and said like, hey, you know, this has been going on for three, four months now, not three, four days, not three, four weeks. I wanted to make sure this was not a flash in the pan. I wanted to make sure sure this was a sustainable income. And um, that's the advice that I would give. Don't quit your day job. Make sure your side hustle income is sustainable. And then if it's meeting or exceeding, um, you know, your W-2 income or your day job income uh, and your financial obligations aren't huge, that's when I would start to make the transition to full-time, you know, side hustle, your side hustle now becomes your full-time gig. Awesome. Yeah, no, totally agree with that. Have you, have you ever heard Bobby's story about quitting his job? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's the advice he gives too, but that's okay. not what he did. <laughs> I'll okay. just tell you, cause it's so funny in case our listeners haven't done it. So he was a band director. He starts his blog talking about personal finance. Cause he used to lecture about personal finance and investing to his band students. Okay. So he first $3 on his blog from affiliate marketing and he goes, I'm doing it. And he quits <laughs> and pulls the plug and he jumps. And this was his, his wife and him were engaged. They weren't married yet. And they were living in her parent, like a room in her parents' house. Wow. And, and so he made $3, pulled that, pulled that trigger found out really quickly like oh this is a there's a much longer road here <laughs> that's how that's how he got into digital marketing so he started running facebook ads for other businesses and that was how we kind of got to putting our product together because he had that story too but um he always we tell that story and he's always like don't do what i did like, yeah I, don't. <laughs> that's, I mean there's something to be said about that which is great but you know i think it all just depends on what stage of life you're in me i'm more conservative naturally just as a human being um sure. so i needed to wait until you know hey this thing's for real i waited you know three four months like i started 
making yeah. money in I want to say like February or March, like real money. Uh, and then I actually put in my two weeks and quit, I think like April or July or something like that. I can't remember, but it, it was definitely like a three, four month period between making real money, deciding when to quit the W2. So, you know, three, four hours or three, four days or three, four dollars is probably <laughs> not the route that I would go, but there's nothing wrong with that either. Yeah. It's just, it's just funny. Cause he gives that same advice, but well, yeah. man, um, I want everybody to know, go follow you whiteboard finance on YouTube. It's awesome. Like if you feel like I always joke about Bobby understands all the personal finance stuff. And I feel so illiterate when it comes to things like I know how to make money, you know, I don't always know what to do with it. And so it has been very helpful for me. I hope everybody else will go watch him too, but I know you are working on your new program. And so yes. can you spend a couple of minutes and, and because I think for somebody that maybe they've liked you on here, they start watching your videos and they just want help figuring those things. You're putting something together that is going to be great for people like me. And so can you just, yeah, just tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. Thank you. So um, you can find me, you know, YouTube, whiteboard finance, Twitter, whiteboard, fin, F I N and Instagram whiteboard finance. Um, what Mike is referring to is something that's been in my brain for about three years now uh, in the works for, I'd say, about a year. And the reason it's taking so long is just because it's a lot of moving parts. So what I would like to create is almost like a private community. It's going to be called Whiteboard Finance University. Think of it like a, a live mentorship with me and four other professors. And the subject matter um, experts are basically experts in real estate, personal finance, uh, ETFs and stocks. So this is going to be, uh, this one gentleman owns 400 rentals in Dayton, Ohio, um, that he's the real estate professor. The personal finance professor has been a personal finance writer for years. Uh, he writes for the biggest um, you know, publications out there. Um, I'm not going to name them, but they're the biggest money blogs that you know. Um, and then also the stocks and ETFs professors. One is a CFA, Chartered Financial Analyst, very prestigious title, very hard to achieve. Um, and the other one has been analyzing, you know, portfolios for years. He has a whole blog on it. So the, this is not a joke. Like I know a lot of people, they put together these private communities, like, you know, uh, you, you guys are awesome. I'm talking about people that are just like, oh, I'm trading Forex and I'm trading this. And it's all just, some, sure, like, I know BS. what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We have that in the entrepreneurship space too. Yeah. 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 But this is going to be legit. So it's, you're learning, you have direct access to me through weekly live streams. We're going to do guest uh, interviews, kind of like how you and I are doing right now. And then also there's going to be mini courses uh, for each subject and then weekly content that comes out for each subject as well. So if you want to learn about real estate investing, if you want to learn about portfolio creation, if you want to learn about what to invest in, if you want to learn about the personal finance side of things like that order of operations, you know, different accounts for different situations, like your kid's school, things like that. There, It's just going to be a huge, ever-growing library of information. Um, I was thinking of doing kind of like the gym member modelship. You know, you pay X amount of dollars per month, you get access to everything. You know, the squat machine, the bench press, you know, the sure. sauna, the steam room. And that's what I'm trying to create. And ultimately, it's going to be access to me and access to an amazing community full of people that are like-minded in those situations. Um, yep. So yeah, I'm super excited about it. Uh, we're in the process of building out those mini courses right now. And then, you know, every week there's gonna be new content coming out. Yep. Uh, please, you know, go in the that's being put together. Like just go check out the stuff on YouTube. It's great. If <laughs> yeah, you, you, if you're, if you're in this world, like it's something that you need to know because you're going to make money, but you want your money to work for you. So um, it's, you know, you need to learn that piece too. And I know that's 100%. something I I'm really trying to do. So um, Marco, thank you so much for doing this for me and just coming on today. I really appreciate it. So much great insight on here and uh, hope everybody will give you, but uh, you got anything else for we? No, I would just say if you're, um, if your listeners or viewers take anything away from this, um, I'm not special. You're not special. Um, yes, we have our strengths. Yes, we have weaknesses. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, focus and consistency kind of beats that talent, you know, hard work beats talent. Obviously you need to have some yep. sort of expertise in whatever you're doing, but you know, a lot of people out there, you know, they're, you don't have to be, you know, a complete subject matter expert. You don't have to win the Nobel peace prize. You don't have to, you know, be some creative inventor of something new. I would just focus on something that you can talk candidly about for 30 minutes unscripted. And that's your mm -hmm. passion right there and just figure out how to monetize that. For me, that was personal finance. 
for, for your viewers, it could be gardening, it could be social media uh, marketing, it could be, you know, ad spending, it could be whatever, but whatever you're, yep. you can talk passionately about for 30 minutes unscripted, that's something that you should look into. Lean into your obsession, lean into your curiosity, those things that like you said that you can talk about and don't feel like you have to be on chapter 10. Exactly. People are looking for somebody that's on chapter two to help them get through chapter one. Exactly. So, you know, so don't, don't be afraid to think that like, you're not good enough. You are, you just got to show up and be consistent. For sure. for great, sure. great advice, man. Well, I appreciate Thank you so much for coming on and talk to you soon. Yeah. Thank you, Mike. You've been listening to the laptop empires podcast with Mike Yonda and Bobby Hoyt for more information and the resources mentioned in this episode, go to laptopempires.com forward slash podcast.